All right, so sales is the backbone of growth, okay? If you can't sell, you can't grow. Your marketing is only as good as your sales will allow it to be, as the same goes for your production is only as good as, you know, your sales is only as good as your production will allow you to be. So everything's connected. And in this episode, we're going to talk about sales. I'm going to give you some insight on the 595 rule. Don't miss this episode. Go all the way through with it. You're going to be able to implement things as soon as you're done. Hopefully, I come with enough passion and energy for you to want to get going immediately, for you to want to find an estimate and utilize this stuff, utilize these tools. Because the big question I'm getting a lot is why aren't people buying from me? Why aren't they spending good money for my services and they're going with cheaper um, contractors? And that is a question that I've even asked myself and I had to narrow it down. So I'm giving you some concrete advice, tools and tips in this episode of the Contractor Secrets Podcast. The big question you need to ask yourself every day is, do I own a job or do I own a business? And unfortunately, the majority of contractors out there own a job. That's right. They're a slave to their own business. But the other side of the fence is so much greener. It's so much better. And that's when you're finally fully in control of your destiny, your freedom, your time. And that's what Contractor Secrets is about. It's about taking back our time, building a business with systems, standards, values, procedures, putting yourself in the driver's seat. And that's what it's about. So I'm excited. I'm happy to have you here. Let's dive into the Contractor Secrets podcast. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk sales. I'm going to give you some concrete advice that you can implement today if you're listening to this uh, at a time before some estimates. And I hope that um, you really solidify these concrete, I would say, I, I would say these. this is the creed for all sales. You know, sales is sales. It doesn't matter if we're selling granite. It doesn't matter if we're selling roofing. It doesn't matter if we're selling lawn care or pest control or painting. It doesn't matter. These principles I'm going to give you are going to help you because I've determined them to be truth because I do this so much and I see the patterns over and over and over and over and over again, not only when I'm actually doing the estimating myself and the selling or I'm helping someone walk through how to do it, it's the same. So the first thing we need to identify is why people buy, okay? And I'm the same way with this backwards thinking when it comes to marketing too because essentially the way we market is essentially tailored to how people buy. That's that's a good marketer. A good marketer doesn't market the way they like to market. It's more so what do people, how do people respond to certain marketing? And I want to mimic that. Okay. So don't reinvent the wheel here. And I came up with this 595 sales and estimating system. And if you've seen that video, it's somewhere on my Instagram, but the, the methodology behind the 595 rule is essentially we're going to spend 5% of our time actually estimating. Right, and then we're going to spend ninety-five percent of our time selling. Now, when you hear the word selling, you know you think of like a, a you know a sleazy car salesman. But when I think of selling, there's other adjectives that I like to use that aren't just selling. Okay, selling is such a overused, overplayed word, but it just you know it, it has so much more to it. Selling is connecting. Selling is being enthusiastic. Selling is is conveying your truths, your values, you, the, the, the reasons why they should trust you, okay? The reasons why your company is the right company for them, okay? So selling is, is all of these really good intangibles. And, and unfortunately, the word selling 
um, you know, really kind of like, you know, somebody trying to take advantage of you. That is the general consensus. I know I have an audience outside of the United States, but here in America, you know, selling is, is, is uh, you know, it can really come across as manipulative. And we don't want that to be the case. So you're thinking, well, what do I do if, if 5% of my time is what I've been told to do uh, as, a, as a contractor is to accurately estimate and measure and come up with this crazy formula, this crazy, you know, outline detailed estimate for this customer. Let me be very honest with you. Residential customers do not care as much as you think they do about the details in terms of product knowledge and all that stuff as they do about the intangibles that I'm going to give you um, as we move forward in this episode. So with that being said, you have to also understand that contracting is as old as dirt. I mean, Jesus was a carpenter. This, the, our trades, you know, it, it, it was, it's such an old, old, old business. Okay. So with that being said, I want to help you understand that the estimating portion and the way that you know, the, we've been taught as, as we've been trained by the people that have got us into these trades has been to outline a proposal the way a general contractor is going to see it. Because general contractors only care about one thing. They General contractors don't care if you're, you're kind or if you get to know them or if you, if you ask about their grandchildren. Contractors don't care about that. They care about cost, bottom line, materials, cutting costs, okay? So whenever we've been taught, you know, as, as the, you know, the handbook of how to be a contractor has been handed down to us year after year, you know, by our elders or by family members, you know, for me, I'm a third generation, you know, painter, you know, so for me, like the way that we've been taught is to give 95% of our time toward actually accurately estimating and 5% of our time is connecting and building a relationship. Well, with residential um, services, they're not just concerned about cutting costs. Like we know this, there's some people that all they care about is money, but you have to understand that with the average consumer buying is an emotional decision. Okay. And I learned this because, you know, I would say 80% of the estimates I did when I first started my business was in person. And I would actually deliver the quote face to face and my closing ratio was through the roof. Um, and the reason why is, is because I, allowed them to really trust me and I built so much confidence in them that it was a no-brainer. It was almost like I turned the tables to where if they did not hire me, they would actually be letting me down and and because they, they built that sort of relationship. So let's kind of go back to what I was saying in terms of selling the way people want to buy. So before we would we would sell and estimate the way contractors and general contractors want to buy and they want to see an outline of costs and time and labor and all this stuff okay that's great but people don't need to see how many hours you're budgeting out the job for people don't need to see how much paint you're budgeting out the job for now if you're listening to this you're probably like that's crazy tanner if you're doing this and i thought the same thing when i first started my business there was this guy that started a painting company when I was working at the bank and I was in the process of getting excited and doing research and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to start a painting business. And he had one. And I said, hey man, do people care? Like, you know, do you like tell them how much paint you're going to need? Like what if people, like what if you budget and tell them you're going to use 20 gallons and you only use 18 gallons? And he's like, man, listen, I give them one price. They don't care. 
And ever since then, I never did it. And it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. And the reason why is, is because they really don't. Homeowners don't care about all that. They just want to see the bottom line price. And yes, do we want to outline all the things that we're going to do in terms of prep work and all of the details about our processes and all that stuff? Yeah, but you should have a template for that. You shouldn't have to be sitting outside of a house for a half an hour, you know, kneeling down next to a a crack in the wall, measuring it to seeing how long it's going to take for your guy to caulk the crack. And that was something I couldn't understand, you know, and I'm the type of person that I will research, research, research. And if I don't understand what is being presented to me, I go out and I try my own way. And then I'm like, okay, this way works a lot better. That's just who I am. So I would get all this information about how to estimate paint jobs. And then it would be like, okay, I got to calculate 0.25 hours for a localized failure. And I'm thinking, how the heck am I supposed to calculate how long it's going to take somebody to, to caulk five windows and then add that up and then calculate how long it's going to take them to paint the five windows and then add that up. And it's like, how the heck am I supposed to do this? It didn't make sense. And, and at the end of the day, I could come up with this whole presentation for my customer. They're not going to listen to 95% of it. They're just waiting for me to say, how much is the total cost? Bingo. Okay. So I'm like, this is stupid. All I'm going to do is I'm going to walk around this house with a measuring wheel. I'm going to figure out how much wall space it is because I don't want to come into the house and say, um, well, I think, you know, I, I came up with a general idea of how much it's going to cost. No, I wanted to at least give them some sort of measurement that helped me define the price. So when I measure the outside or the inside of a house, well, I use square footage for the inside. So that's super easy. And then on the outside, we do the wall space. And that's really just to help me see roughly how much paint we're going to need because you obviously measure paint on a square footage basis so if i measure something that's a thousand square feet a wall let's say for example i know that if i divide that by 200 per square foot that's five gallons of paint for that wall right so i've i, I do that just for me really um but ultimately let's get back to the five and 95 so i'm only spending five percent of my time during an initial walk around really just getting the measurements i need okay and then, then that and that's it i want to identify with the customer i'm going to have some pre-qualifiers and let me briefly go over those with you as a refresher those of you that have been following my my sales process it's pretty simple the first thing we always want to know is why why am i here what is the story okay and you'd be so surprised what happens when you go up to someone and say, hey, what's the story? Why'd you call us out today? And you, they'll just unload the story. I mean, if you say, um, you know, hey, you know, hey, why are we painting? Oh, well, it's fading. That's great. But if you say, hey, wh what's the story? You know, what brought us here today? And then they'll say, well, you know, my wife really has been asking me for six months. So right there, I locked in. Wife's important. Um, and, you know, to be honest, you know, we're a little worried about the cracks over there, you know, boom, I got to educate them on the importance of filling the cracks. And then they'll say, and, you know, the HOA sent us a letter, boom, urgency. Like, so I'm, I use that question to get the information that I need so that I can use that information later on to build value is why I'm important. So I'm listening. And that's why they always say you have two ears and one mouth for a reason, because you need to listen more than you talk. So I asked that question and I baited those answers out. Okay, so right off the bat, that's going to be valuable to you. If you're not asking, what's the story? Uh, and then getting the information in return, you're going to use that information later. And I'll explain that because I'm going to go through this. Second question, 
for us painters, have you chosen colors? If you're in flooring, have you chosen a flooring style? If you're in roofing, have you chosen a shingle type? You know, all the all you, this is related to the look, the appeal. You know, most most of the people listening to this, if you're in contracting, you give people options, right? You know, in terms of if even if you're a drywall guy, if you're removing popcorn, have you decided on what type of texture you, you want to do? Do you want to do knockdown or orange peel or do you want a flat level five finish? Like those are things that you should be asking. And then the third question is the timeline. Now, this person, let's say, told me that the HOA is on their back. So I'm not going to ask that question. I'm going to say, well, being as though the HOA has already sent you a letter, we want to make sure that we can get in here pretty soon. And just so you know, sir, I think that if everything comes together and we can come to an agreement, I believe that I can get in within the next two weeks. That's great. So I already, I already built value there of why I'm different. So let's stop there. People buy. Why do people buy? There's two primary reasons why people are going to buy. Most of the time, the, the first more important reason is because they trust you, okay? So if two people come to my house and give me an estimate, I'm looking for a few things, and I'm an educated buyer, and you don't want to be afraid of educated buyers. You want people that have bought things in the past, have the money to do so, might be a little bit more, I don't know, for lack of a better word, high maintenance in terms of how you need to approach them, but they're the best customers because they will pay more for good service. So the first thing I'm looking for is our promises being kept, okay? This is the trust. I and mean, then when you say you trust somebody, you look for, are they keeping their promises? Are they, um, are they on time? Um, are they presenting me with, you know, um, a good proposal, something that, that outlines, you know, what exactly is gonna be done? Okay, so those are just three things there. So really, when I invite two contractors over, did the person show up on time? Um, were they, you know, were they, were they uh, honest, forthcoming in terms of being honest when they when they spoke, or were they, you know, did you know did they did they come across like uh, like they were just trying to sell me something as opposed to finding out like what my needs were, right? So those are things that I'm looking for now in terms of trust. It's also like. You know, you're looking at these intangible items, but more importantly, you're looking like, do I believe that this person is going to do a good job? Because remember, contracting is scary for people. They're so it's so scary, like for for customers, but they need us, and it's like they have to go through this. Like no one's excited to to get bids from a contractor because everyone does it differently, and no one knows what they're going to get. So they use educated decisions to help them buy. So trusting is number one. Okay. So does this person come across as trusting, like off the bat? And if you do a good job of coming off as trusting, answering the phone, being on time, if you're running late, sending a text or something, you know, all the above, you come across that way, boom, you've already won the trust category, okay? So the second, which is, I would say this, this one, I would say this one's more valuable than trusting. It's, it's do they like you? Okay, so people buy from who they like. So if someone, if, if, contractor a comes over to your house and says um you know and you say hey yeah you know um my my wife you know really wants me to get this done they're like ah well does she need to be here you know to for you to make the decision you know or the other guy comes across oh that's great you know what when will she be home like you know like that sort of like guy like that sort of person that that comes across as likable right and how do we get people to like us more importantly you know, most importantly in terms of getting someone to like you is somebody that actually listens to you. So even with like COVID right now, and I think our, our human interaction is down 80%. 
So most of the time, you're going to find that if you spend enough time speaking with somebody, getting to know them, learning what's important to them, that you're actually going to make a friend. And when people feel as though that you're a friend as opposed to this, like, not quote unquote enemy, but this this stranger that's coming to their house, they're more inclined to buy from you. Okay, so this is the details of what it's going to take. Now, you might be thinking, Tanner, this is like, this is too over my head. I'm not going to waste my time doing all this stuff. Well, you're going to continue to be compared with just a number. That's the issue here. So I get calls and texts and emails all the time. Tanner, I keep getting underbid. Tanner, people aren't buying. Tanner, and I'm thinking like, let me figure out like, what does your sales process look like? What is, what are you really doing at the house? Are you building a relationship with people? Are you making them feel like you have their absolute best interest in mind? And if the answer to those questions is no, that's why. People will pay more for you if they trust you and they like you. It is a known fact because we are the most expensive painting company in within 50 miles of where we are. Most, most of the reason because I pay my guys really well, but I'm not afraid to say that. I say, look, you know, we have employees that ensure that you're going to have a great experience. And in order to keep really good employees, you have to pay them really well. So that's part of where your investment is going when you purchase from us. Okay, and I put it out there. Don't be afraid to to talk about the intangibles. That's the back end intangibles we talk about in the sales process. So let's go back to really what it comes down to in terms of the 95. So right off the bat, that initial three question interaction is really helping me get to know the situation, get to know what's stopping us, the hurdle. That's question number two, colors. And then, of course, what our time frame is. And in my example, I already know because it's the HOA that we're talking about. So it's obviously a little more urgent. Um, than normal. So from there, you know, we really want to identify the scope. Okay. The scope is what needs to be done. So for us interior painters, walls, trim, ceilings, doors, those are our four that we do. Most of you do cabinets. Cool. So find out what the scope is. And then once you have the scope, great, put that in your back pocket, start to get to know the person you're working with. And we have a couple of questions that I use, and I'm not going to go into complete detail about these because I'd love for you to go back. I've done other podcasts. I've done Instagram videos where I kind of detail these questions. But here's a couple for you to kind of mull over, start to think about, and also implement into your sales process that are going to help you. So one question I always like to ask is, have you ever hired a painter before? And the reason why I ask this is because I want to know who I'm being compared to. And if I'm not being compared to somebody, I want to emphasize how this experience is going to go. Okay, I want to set the tone for our standard because if they get a couple more estimates, they're going to say, well, Tanner does this, 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 and this. I want to be so descriptive about how the project is going to go that it's ultimately like they had a paint job in their mind that they can they can set the tone for, right? So let me tell you, I'm going to come at you right now through these speakers and tell you how I'm going to do it, okay? So, hey, Mr. Homeowner, I just want to let you know that we come with a team of four. So we're a little bit different than the other painting contractors in the area. We believe that working in big teams is not only beneficial for you because we're efficient and we're fast. So that means that we don't cut corners just to get the job done quick. It's amazing how much you can get done with four guys on the job. But it's also great for us because obviously we want to get in and we want to get out. We don't want to spend too much time here because if we spend too much time here, it just gets a little uncomfortable. And I know that we want to help you restore back to your normal life, especially when you have your house in disarray. 
Okay, so I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if you've had other types of work done in your house, but you and I both know that it can get a little comfortable after four or five days. So I believe that we're able to paint this house in three days with our four guys. So I know that you'll appreciate that. So another thing that you're really, really going to like about us is that we are super detailed when it comes to preparation. So you said you want your ceiling done. I can understand that, um, you know, that it's a little weary having your ceiling done, knowing that you have brand new floors in the house. And because you have brand new floors in the house, we take the extra step of precaution to make sure that we put paper down and we actually tape the paper down on the entire floor. And that ensures that, you know, like some other painters will just use tarps and things that can easily be moved if someone's walking on them and then if they step on the tarp and there's some paint on it and they accidentally step on the floor you know then you know we were into wiping down your floor and then sometimes paint will seep into the little seams within the wood and you may never get it out and we just want to avoid that situation altogether and i'll be honest with you we've learned from our mistakes being in business for five years um that you know it's best to actually spend the extra time to put the paper on the floor and tape it. So I know that you'll appreciate that. And that's all included in our service. And again, that's another benefit of why we work with a big team. And that's why part of the investment that you're going to be making in us is being able to staff that team of four for the time needed for the job. So those are just a little bit of um, you know points that I wanted to emphasize to you as to why we're different and what you can expect with a professional paint job. How did that sound? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, what I'm doing is I'm helping somebody who's never hired a professional painter before. I'm helping them set the standard, okay, of what it is, even if they've never hired a painter before, okay? And that's really important. And you being a listener of this podcast, I assume that you have the same standard, so you can utilize that, that tool. Um, going forward, there's going to be people that have hired another painter, so we want to make sure that we match that expectation if it was a great one exceed it if it was a great experience or if it was a poor experience where they hired somebody and the guy botched the job or did something we want to pay attention to what they did and emphasize how we address that major concern so if the customer goes tanner yes i did um and i'll be honest with you it was one guy um and you know one thing that really upset me is that you know he didn't cover our plants and he ruined our azaleas okay and <laughs> It's a you know, running joke. I always use azaleas as the flower. It's like the only plant I know. Um, but, you know, he, he ruined the azaleas. So I'll take that feedback and I'll say, you know what? One thing about us, Mrs. Jones, is that, you know, and I'm, I'm really sorry that happened, but we actually have a standard that we have to cover the, pla the plants with plastic whenever we're spraying. And that just avoids it. It's super easy. We use a really good plastic that just drapes right over the, the plants. And it's, it's, it takes us five minutes, but it's that little extra thing that we know is important so we can avoid a situation like this. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to let you know is that I'm sure the process is a little bit different um, that you can expect with us because we work with a team of four. And I know that you had one guy working. Um, how long did the job take, you know, if, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, my gosh, he was here for a week and a half. Oh, well, great. You know, and I know that was probably a little daunting. One thing about us is that we're efficient and we're fast. So we'll be out. This house shouldn't take us more than three days. And then right there, I built value. And, and, and this whole time what we're doing is we're closing the gap. And the gap is the expectation gap. And I talk about this a lot, but I want to refresh this for you because I want you to use this stuff. The expectation gap is the expectation they have of how much this service is gonna cost versus 
what the service costs. So they always go into thinking that the service is going to cost a certain amount of money. Now, what we're doing there by asking these questions, by delivering this value, is we're closing that gap. So as we're going through this and as we're explaining and as we're spending our 95, okay, this is our 95. This is the 95% of the time that we're having this conversation, that we're communicating our values, that we're giving them the sauce. And when we give them the sauce, they're thinking, okay, dollar signs are going up, but they're being justified. So as I continue my speech, okay, I'll pay an additional 500 for that. Oh, he does that. Well, that's probably worth an additional 300. Oh, he's going to use this product. Oh, that's probably worth an additional 400. And now I'm creating a, a good feeling about spending more money. And that's how you do it. So compare what I just went over with you with what you're doing. And if what you're doing is nowhere near, if you're just coming there, measuring, having a brief conversation and leaving, that's your problem. That's why people aren't spending more money on you. That's why your closing ratio is low. And I want you to start implementing this stuff in order to close the expectation gap. And that's how it's done, folks. It was a pleasure. I hope you got something out of this. Use it and implement it. And then please give me some feedback on if it worked for you. So that today was a sales podcast. I wanted to help. We just came off of a marketing podcast. We'll probably go into production next. Um, stick with me. I am so thankful that you spent some time listening to this each, uh, each and every day. I mean, I have a loyal podcast following. I'm so thankful. I mean, that means the world to me. Um, drip jobs. I'm excited about it. I don't know when it's going to be ready. I mean, I just want to perfect it. So hang in there. Just know that this software is going to change contracting forever. Um, because it's just going to be great. And I'm so thankful. I've already got a bunch of people that hit me up wanting to be the first to try it. So if you want to be one of the first to try out the new software, reach out to me. Um, yeah. So thanks so much, guys. I'll catch you on the next one. I'm doing breakthrough series. So if you want to jump in and you want me to hammer out with you some awesome uh, coaching that we can really narrow down to the specifics of your business, there's a link in my Instagram bio right now. And if there's not at the time of you listening to this, just reach out to me and we'll knock out a session for free. Thanks again, guys. Hey, I just want to take a second to thank you for joining me here on the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Um, I'm just going to take this opportunity to let you know that my passion is coaching people, helping people. Um, I've changed my Instagram name to at contractor coach. And I did that because that is my passion. I want to help you. So please reach out to me. If you have an issue going on in your business, send me an email, find me on Instagram, message me, and let's do a breakthrough session. I want to work through your problems in your business to help you get to that next level. And, and one thing that I always say is this, you know, the difference between those that get over the humps and the hurdles in business is just a change in perspective. And that's what I plan to offer you. So Get with me, message me, allow me to help you take your business to the next level.